0: or Internet of Things, has experienced massive growth in the last few decades, going from zero devices in 1999 to over 25 million IoT devices projected by 2030, driven mainly by our obsession to control everything from our smart houses to improving how goods and services are delivered to us with real-time updates. We recently been hearing about a new class of IoT connections being offered, classified as low-power, wide-area network or WAN for short. Today, we want to learn what these new classes of services provide and how they are projected to revolutionize the digital experience once again. Hi, Max. <laughs> I, I sensed you were here, get it? <laughs> I like that. Max, let's talk IoT, okay?
1: Let's do it. It's my favorite topic.
0: So there are standard mobile networks, like the ones we use for our smartphones, like 4G, LTE, and 5G. And then, are there separate networks for frequencies for LP WAN?
1: There are. There's are specific
0: frequencies, or think of it as radio channels
1: just for LP WAN.
0: So, Max, to start us off, what is LP WAN and why is it different than a normal cellular connection?
1: Well, good question. <laughs> okay. LP WAN or low power, wide area network is different than the cellular connection you get on your cell phone because it's a network optimized for battery life. That's why it's a low powered wide area network. The channel operates in a way that draws less energy from the physical device that it's connected to.
0: We're hearing all these different acronyms lately, NB-IoT, LP-WAN. What is NB-IoT and is it a part of LP-WAN? It is,
1: so LP-WAN is anything that's operating on a low powered wide area network. In this case, a network specifically designed for IoT. One of the types of IoT networks within that category is NB or narrowband IoT. Another one is also called Cat M or Category M. The M actually stands for machine type communication. So that's like why they call home it. Phone call. No, it's it's actually not think of a machine communicating, not a person. So there's not going to be typically voice communication or limited. Voice communication, it's more data transmission from a device to a network versus from a human to a network.
0: So, in other words, what you're saying is LP WAN is an umbrella, and MVIOT and CAT M are different categories that fall underneath this umbrella. Exactly. They're all
1: categories within LP WAN or low powered wide area network.
0: So to really simplify it and break it down, is it easier to understand if you know that LTE radio technology uses categories to differentiate the capabilities of each device that it's attached to in an LTE network?
1: Exactly. So the way LTE works is it categorizes what the device needs as far as speed, as far as uh, bandwidth, uh, as far as battery life and things like that, and then it puts it in specific category so not everything is like a cell phone or certainly our, you know our cell phones or our kids cell phones that need constant high mm. bandwidth at all given time you know while they're on Snapchat or insta or anything right. else some are, are really just machine based devices that just need a constant stream of very uh, low bandwidth communication
0: so you had mentioned cat 1 and cat m referring to The different devices that they can support download speeds?
1: Exactly. So think of it as like a 5G, and we've talked about things like 5G phones. To to get 5G, you need a 5G network, and you need a 5G phone uh, in order to get that high-speed connection. The same thing applies here when you talk about the different categories, like Category 1 or Category M. You need a device that has the radio transmitter or what's called the chipset. To support that specific radio, whether it's a CATM radio or a CAT1 radio, and then it's supporting it for a specific purpose. So again, the concept here is you don't want to have at three o'clock when our kids are coming out of school and they're turning their phones on, even though I know their phones are probably always on (laughs) even when they're at school, um, you don't want to be competing with the same bandwidth when you've got a machine-based sensor telling you, hey, there might be a leak in an oil tank or something like that. So that's what why this was designed in a way where you've got different categories being Cat 1, Category 1, Cat M, Category M for different purposes.
0: All different frequencies. So they don't compete with the cell phones. Right?
1: Exactly. They are essentially their own private network that doesn't compete with, you know, Snapchat, <laughs> Instagram. I always say because those are Those are really like the the majority of what draws bandwidth. And it requires a device that has that transmitter, that CAT-M or CAT-1 transmitter, in order to talk to a CAT-1 or CAT-M or NB-IoT network
0: in this example. Do certain transmitters do better in different environments?
1: Yes, certain frequencies do better. For example, NB-IoT or narrowband IoT was designed with frequencies that penetrate walls. Like we've talked about in the past, right. how LTE is so much better than 5G in penetrating walls. Some of those frequencies are also used in NB or narrowband IoT. So that's where you have things like, you know, inside a building, maybe inside an elevator or an alarm panel that's somewhere in the back of a building, you know, inside, in, surrounded by concrete yeah. will do a lot better in, in many cases than even a CAT-M which was a, a kind of an older generation machine-to-machine or IoT-based transmission uh, network type.
0: Well, if there are all these different categories that fall under this one umbrella, then how come people in the industry tend to use certain words interchangeably, like the NVIOT instead of LPWAN? They could be talking about Cat One or Cat M. Like, why would?
1: Well, first of all, it's the whole concept of acronyms. The reason yeah. why there are acronyms is because engineers love them it's and they love confusing. it makes them them seem a lot smarter than the rest of us it makes us all feel kind of stupid when we're hearing the acronyms <laughs> get away from the acronyms the acronyms are really just there to confuse you the the concept at the end is almost the same as with every technology in cellular we want if it's a device that's connected to a battery whether it's your iPhone or my Android device
0: uh-huh. or
1: a sensor you know that could be Uh, either plugged into or installed anywhere. If it's using battery power as its primary form of energy, then these are all technologies that help you save battery life, basically do the same job, but extend how long the device is out there, in some cases for years, before you have to send someone out to basically replace it with a new device.
0: And could you have more than one type of technology being used at the same time like you know is it possible to have a sensor in your home that's running on IoT, but then have something else that's using the cat m and then having cell phones and everything else going at the same time for and, sure so it's like when i'm driving and i'm listening to howard stern who, you know, <laughs> which love. is all the time and every time I, I get in your car it's a howard stern channel i know he really he's good and then I turn to like Z100 for some music. They're not interfering with each other. They don't cross, like they're separate channels. Yep. It's similar how this is working.
1: Exactly. And it's each of these. So think, think of it as your cell phone is talking directly to the network. Each of these technologies, whether it's a sensor using NB-IoT or a sensor using Category M, LTE, Category M, they are all independent connections talking back to the cell tower under their designated frequencies so they're not even going to like in our house they're not going to one hub and then getting transmitted oh, okay. they're each independently communicating back to some cloud server over the cellular network over the same cellular network we have locally or the same tower we're using locally
0: And does it matter what type of network you're using what carrier you're using
1: it it does because not every carrier offers every technology for example the first network in the US uh, that was out there with a vast offering for category 1 or cat 1 was actually Verizon and then AT&T came in with cat M with a nationwide cat M and then added to that actually very recently NB-IoT to their network but for for example Verizon doesn't really offer NB-IoT they just offer an enhanced version now of Cat one and Cat M, Why? so they've kind of it's it's more about where they make commercial investments. And Verizon didn't want to make a significant commercial investment in NB IoT. They were in the midst of making a huge investment for their five G network, so they didn't want to give up some of that spectrum, some of those radio frequencies just for NB IoT. While AT and T said, "Yeah, we're all about IoT. We want to." basically blanket the country with any technology we can.
0: So now what? What happens? I would think NB-IoT is the future, right? It's fast and it's easy. I would. And
1: that's kind of where there's a little bit of a caution to, to, you know, as you're kind of thinking about how to deploy or what network to deploy with. NB-IoT is uh, spoken about a lot now because it really does add benefits to anyone deploying IoT. But it has a lot of limitations, and one of them is really that it's not as widely available as people think it is.
0: So why would someone choose NB-IoT and or CAT-M when implementing new sensors?
1: Well, I think the things they have to consider is speed, latency, and battery life. The speeds, first of all, are very different. For NB-IoT, the top speed is 128 Kilobits per second, what, not even a megabit. So, per like, second. what's a kilobit? <laughs> a thousand twenty-four kilobits makes up one megabit.
0: Okay, uh, so uh, <laughs> what, so is that like the speed of light?
1: <laughs> no, that's super slow. A kilobit is slow. So
0: oh, NB IoT
1: really? can only get up to one hundred twenty-eight kilobits per second, versus Cat M, which operates typically at one megabit per second, both up and down. Up and down where? uplink downlink
0: so that's (laughs) as far as wait i can't take you max up and down acronym. Uplink,
1: downlink every time you transmit from your phone or any other device there's uplink and there's downlink okay you're sending a mail that's uplink you're receiving an email that's downlink
0: (laughs) oh okay so you're downloading it almost to your phone (laughs) exactly wow okay so we're uploading downloading so this is going to affect which is your so i suppose if the more data you need you need to have a larger
1: yeah let let me put it in terms you probably remember from back in the day when you did had a dial-up modem Mm -hmm. the top speed was 56k Um,
0: no (laughs) it
1: was and it was 56 kilobits per second so that's as fast as you can upload and download okay so uh, NB-IoT operates up to 128 kilobits per second versus CAT-M will operate at one megabit per second upload and download speed. So probably better for uploading and downloading, whether it's a Insta update or anything. Well, that-
0: more like in general, just something you need in real time, like a sensor to know an accurate temperature on something. Yes. Or a level.
1: Yeah, so and that's the other part. It's not just about speed, it's about latency where in uh, NB-IoT your latency or your delay of transmission is anywhere from 1 to 10 seconds of the transmitted data versus Cat M, you're in milliseconds. It's typically 10 milliseconds. So 10th a 10th of a second to get those uploads and downloads. So again, speed is very important, but so is latency and as much as you're transmitting up and down, that's how much you're drawing down battery. So battery life is really important. NBIOT devices will have a much longer battery life compared to like a CAD-M device.
0: So I think it's important to emphasize that with each of these technologies, although CAD-M is more powerful, as you're saying, than MBIOT, one is not necessarily better than the other. It's more about what you want and which one is best suitable, right? Exactly. So what are the most common uses for NB-IoT, other than what you have mentioned, versus CAT-M?
1: Well, NB-IoT, think of anything that's a sensor, like, for example, a utility meter. Doesn't have to transmit huge files, but just has to tell you, hey, what's the current status and is there an issue? Is there anything that it needs to report on? Versus a CAT-M, I'd say the most common is if you use things like a Fitbit or if you use a smartwatch. I know Mm -hmm. you're an Apple girl, so... An Apple Watch versus my Samsung no, smartwatch. Yeah, I know. I, know it, I never
0: really got into the Apple Watch.
1: <laughs> well, those do uh, operate on Cat M, though. So, again, that one megabit per second speeds in order to get your text messages that, you know, and people do get phone calls on those, which I think are incredibly annoying because they're, they're like, they're, you know, they're like <laughs> the out of Star Secret Trek. Service. They're looking at their watch, like, hang on, I got to take this. Yeah. It's like, really? Uh, I
0: like put, the ones it, that talk into their wrist.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I see that all the time. They're they're talking they <laughs> Scotty, feed <beam> me up. <laughs>
0: so you started using like that sprinkler app this spring? Oh yeah. And I think half of our lawn is dead. <laughs> I mean, so far, the way I look at it, it's like it's fantastic. It's, it's doing it an is amazing
1: fantastic. Job. I could control it from my phone. It's I know, amazing. but in this
0: situation, what is being used? Like what form of NB-IoT or, or Cat-M? And which one? would be the, the go-to for this situation.
1: So I think that is more about the data that it's collecting. And there's a lot of Clearly sensors- we're
0: using the NB-IoT, because it is not recognizing, yeah, that it the, is not recognizing. The reigning. truth is
1: the sensor itself, or the device itself doesn't use either one of those. It actually uses our home Wi-Fi. but what? Now the way it works, so the confused. way it works is, it, it's supposed to collect data from like 200 data sources of sensors that are scattered throughout our region that says whether or not it's raining or it's supposed to rain Skip a cycle for the sprinkler. I think it uses like, AI it, software though, and it's still learning. It's still in its
0: it's infancy. still learning. It's still, learning how to recognize the weather channels. It's it's learning why
1: it's not turning on the sprinkler as often then. as it should because yeah, the, the lawn looks kind of dead. So I think by next season though, it's really? gonna, it's going to be that much what smarter. Do you think it's going to
0: take an average of the rainfall and like determine when it should. Exactly.
1: Turn? Now it's got data from year one, so now now it could process it and give us a better output next summer.
0: So do both NB-IoT and CatM work with 5G?
1: Yes, they actually coexist with 5G, which Just is super like important. <laughs> it is because you know people that have been deploying IoT-based technologies for years, and originally they worked on older technologies like 2G and 3G. And as you know, recently, 3G was even decommissioned. So they had to worry about, hey, now we have no network. We have to issue new devices out in the field. But the good news is both NB-IoT and cat m are going to continue to coexist with 5G technology. A good example to think about is if you have one facility, one building, you've got an elevator in that building that can use uh, typically cat m or Category M for the elevator line. So if you're stuck in an elevator and you hit the button, and it needs to call out, and you need a voice call for someone to pick up and say, hey, are you in trouble? Do we have to send the fire department
0: to get, get you stuck out? stuck in elevators in these podcasts. I know.
1: But that's that's a good use of Cat-M in that building, whereas in the basement, you probably have an oil tank, and there's a sensor on that oil tank to tell the oil company when it's running low so they can dispatch a truck. There's probably also a sensor to let you know if there's a leak, so a leak detection sensor. Those are typically going to be NBIOT because they're using those channels that can penetrate walls and they're not sending a lot of data. They're just giving you an update. Hey, here's the level of the oil tank or, hey, I'm, I'm detecting a leak, for example.
0: But you mentioned that some carriers don't support both of these technologies. So what happens if you live in a town and your apartment building elevator sensor is not supported by the same carrier that the sensor for your oil tank is.
1: It's a very common problem. And the <laughs> the answer is the landlord or whoever owns the facility probably needs to contract two separate carriers in that case, one for the NBIOT service and one for the Cat-M service.
0: Does that really happen a lot?
1: Happens all the time. Yeah.
0: It just seems like it would be in the carrier's best interest to provide all of these services for one location.
1: It does, but think of deploying a network. It's expensive. It's not always within what a specific uh, network provider wants to do uh, to implement every type of technology. So it's more uh, for the building owner or the facility owner to come up with all these different solutions and kind of put all these different providers together. There are solutions out there outside of just the traditional carrier A or carrier B. Uh, that we've probably covered in the past, things like a single SIM solution that roams on all (laughs) carriers and uses all kinds of different frequencies. And the other really neat part of NB-IoT technologies like that is now we're starting to see low-orbit satellite providers also including NB-IoT as an option. So you can even procure services from some global satellite operators.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So... You can deploy these sensors in the United States or all over the world.
1: Yeah, the idea is with anything that's um, a sensor, like machine-based technology, is not just U.S. deployments, but really the ability to implement this globally.
0: So both can support enhanced signal coverage. NB-IoT, though, can handle extremely challenging radio conditions, right? What's an example of that?
1: Well, the oil tank in the basement surrounded by concrete and steel, where typically you're not, you know, you're going to go down there with a cell phone. If you've got a maintenance worker, they're not going to get coverage down there. But an NBIOT frequency will actually work. It will penetrate uh, down to the basement.
0: We recently went to uh, the new Amazon Fresh near our
1: house. <laughs> oh yeah, it was that was cool, a great experience. Right? It was yeah. cool.
0: It was it was weird, you know. Yeah, you, you it's like a weird. It's, it's different. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's but it was cool that the wagon or cart the wagon.
1: It's a cart. It's not <laughs> a wagon. It's not being pulled by
0: horses. <laughs> what do you mean? That's what I call them. It's a wagon. I would not call it a wagon. Wait. I call it a cart. It was so cool that when you take food and then put it in your wagon. I would love to know all the people that go shopping because, I mean, you clearly, you don't go that shopping that often. I try to, to
1: never go shopping. But yeah. they,
0: most people will call it a wagon.
1: And um, when you put the <laughs> I food don't know who in, these people are. There
0: must be sensors around the perimeter of the wagon because it knew that I put apples in the wagon. And then it knows if you take them out, right? It goes it, right it to you. It does. Your, there must be sensors, right? On those wagons. What do you kind of sensors do you think they have?
1: <laughs> there are sensors. I don't know if they're actually on the wagon, even though I think there should be a sensor on the wagon, because I have a tendency of losing wagons uh-huh. when I'm responsible. No, for I the just wagon. think you're
0: just you don't go shopping. And so you don't I know don't. that when you stop to get something, which we recently just had experienced. And then you start to walk again with your wagon. Yes. You and usually choose the one that was In yours. my
1: defense, I'm pretty sure someone stole our wagon and it. left their wagon right next to me because we realized <laughs> as we were going to go out to checkout that none of the stuff in the wagon or most of the stuff in the wagon wasn't ours. Max. And then that lady came running over to us. I'm pretty sure she
0: stole our You're wagon. You're the though. one that was at the checkout. You took her wagon to the checkout. <laughs> and well, if they I'm had, had the sensors sensor, yeah. in Trader Joe's then you would have well not that's lost what I don't, I didn't
1: in. understand about Amazon Fresh cuz they have my phone scanning on the way in why can't my phone connect to whatever cart I'm pushing You're around the techie, just let right? me know like, like hey why? this is my cart
0: what do you want it to do like don't walk away from the cart that has the food that you want to purchase yeah exactly and the
1: other thing I will say even though it was a very enjoyable experience is they must be using some form of nbiot because there was a huge delay <laughs> from the time we left the store. Yeah. And I was like, what do we owe you? And they're like, you'll oh, you'll get a receipt tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I'll get a receipt tomorrow? I don't even know what I'm paying for this. They go, yeah, don't worry about it.
0: I mean, I guess that's the whole thing. It's like you shouldn't, you know.
1: I need I need instant. Like I want to know. You want to
0: know how much I'm you, you like, paid. This is how much for I those paid. Those apples. Yeah.
1: They're like you're good, don't worry. We'll we'll charge your card. We'll, you know, you'll, you'll get a receipt tomorrow. I wonder, we got we got it like the next day.
0: You really? I wonder how many incorrect items are charged to people's accounts.
1: I I'm sure a lot because I think a lot of it is also the camera system they have there. So if you don't put it back quick enough, it just hits up your your Amazon account.
0: Oh, I, by the way, we've like never been back. And you know what? I think it's best that you stay out of the food store. I think it's best that I stay away from food shopping in general. Yeah. So talking about stealing someone's wagon, I <laughs> just makes me think, uh, you know, what about security? What about how using LPWAN is better than connecting an IoT device to like my Wi-Fi or let's say Alexa?
1: Yeah, so... The concept of LP WAN or any of these technologies we talked about is you have a direct cellular connection between the sensor and whatever is the receiving, uh, think of it as dashboard or server, and it's all operating or being transmitted out over a very secure and encrypted network just for that application. So you're not connecting to someone's Wi Fi network or it's coexisting with other. Users and other devices, for example, like Alexa, and that's actually really important in uh, places like hospitals, because hospitals, for example, ha- use a lot of sensors. They need to know the temperature of each floor. They need that's how they kind of control, you know, things like viruses. They need to know. Uh, <laughs> that's
0: not how they control the viruses. Well, they need they need to know what. But that's I mean, it, it makes sense. No, no, yeah. but for real, like the airflow could affect.
1: They, yeah, they need to know different different temperatures or different sensors for uh, detecting different things within the facility, but you can't do that while touching the hospital's core network because that core network is what your personal information sits on and all your HIPAA, all your hospital records, your very private information. So a great way that this technology is being implemented in hospitals is it doesn't have to ever touch the hospital's network. It's completely separate and like I said earlier, it's completely secure, just like your five G or four G LTE transmissions are today.
0: I'm just thinking that if the car, I mean the wagon, had the wagon
1: with the horse had yes. this
0: kind of security, it maybe would have alerted you that you were stealing someone. That's else's. why and I maybe said maybe it we would needed... have alerted that poor woman who couldn't find her chicken because <laughs> you were I, I check on number three. I
1: I could see I could see this turning into a product. you have like you scan your smartphone, it attaches you to your card, and as soon as you kind of lose proximity from your card, a little <laughs> alert comes, goes off on your phone, like, I'm not your card, I'm yeah, not I your would card. Yeah, I have so
0: much trouble with that because sometimes where we shop, it takes a couple of tries to get the right wagon, you know? Like sometimes there's a little loopy foot or a wheel and it just doesn't push the right way, yeah, so you well. might need to switch it up and then I'm onto another card. You're one of your sons that came with me to the market a couple of weeks ago, we went through like five carts before I said a cart. I called it a cart. <laughs> see,
1: it's working.
0: We went through five wagons and well, then we're like, okay. I could see it. the
1: app being like, attach, detach, attach, <laughs> detach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what is the lifespan of an nbiot sensor? So
1: NBIOT is really designed. Again, we keep redesigning and redesigning to get the most lifespan. Right now, an NB-IoT sensor can go 10 plus years.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's progress. And what are the main points to think of when you want to start an IoT sensor project?
1: Well, I think you want to think about what uh, you're trying to accomplish as far as the speed, as far as the latency, and as far as the battery life. That's going to help you choose. Of course, you have to think about what's available. You know, I've work with companies that have projects and they went out and said, well, we're only going to deploy these devices with NB-IoT because we think it's the future. And when they started to deploy it, they realized that they couldn't get access to NB-IoT networks in all the different countries where they wanted to implement the technology. So now they're kind of have to re-engineer the project long-term. So you have to think about what's available. You have to think about what you're trying to get out of it. If you have access to power, then don't jump the gun and just say, hey, NBIOT is the way to go. CAT M, which is available pretty much around the world at this point, is going to get the job done. And you're not as worried about preserving battery life. You're more concerned about making sure you're getting the transmission on a regular basis. So things like that are important as. What about as mobility?
0: About- like if something you're using is a stationary monitoring versus something that's moving.
1: Great question. So CADM does much better in anything moving as opposed to NB-IOT. NB-IOT doesn't tra- doesn't transfer as well. So it doesn't have think of it as if you're driving down a highway and you're on a on a call and as you're driving the call is really jumping yeah. from one cell tower to another. It's the same thing here. NB-IOT doesn't do that transfer. As well as Cdam, M is more designed for that consistent transfer So good in things like a moving vehicle.
0: Hmm. And other drawbacks besides the obvious ones that you're saying to deploying NBIOT today? well, one
1: one big issue obviously is the network. The other one is availability of components. NB is relatively new. Most manufacturers don't have developed NBIOT chips or transmitters. So if you're going to deploy something at scale, think about where you're going to get all the raw chips or the transmitters to put into your IoT solution, because not everybody makes them since not everybody has a network to support them.
0: Another big question now more than ever that I have is how does cost come into play with this?
1: When you think about mobile plans, you really are buying a mobile plan when you're activating these sensors. If you're buying a plan that only supports up to 128 kilobits, you're not gonna pay a lot. So they are much cheaper if your IoT project is good enough. As opposed to CAT M, even though you may not need all the necessary bandwidth, you're probably buying mobile plans to support up to one megabit per second worth of speed. So you're buying bigger plans. They do cost more. And over the lifespan of the project, Whether it's two years, five years, 10 years, you are going to pay more with a CAT-M connection versus an NB-IoT connection.
0: And what is the transition regarding going from one to the other? Is it hard to transition at that point to CAT-M?
1: It is. You essentially need a new module. You need a new sensor deployed out in the field specifically for CAT-M. Now, some devices, alarm panels is a great example will allow you to change the configuration because they actually typically get designed with both CAT-M and and NB-IoT as a transmission option. So in that case, it's not a difficult transition. You just have to update the software or the firmware, in this case, to go to CAT-M versus NB-IoT. But mainly devices deployed out in the field that are NB-IoT are very, very small In order to preserve battery life and those have to be completely changed out into larger cat m devices
0: wow max this is all very interesting i really have a whole new outlook on my feelings for sensors
1: (laughs) you know i love it
0: so this brings us to game time And for this episode, in honor of all of our new acronyms we have learned and discussed in technology, I found a few that are definitely being used more frequently today, probably in our home. I am actually amazed by some of them, and I would love to see if you know what they mean. So what I'm referring to are acronyms used in text messages. Oh, boy. So... You're going to not want to even believe what some of these are. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I don't I feel know like you most know. Of them. I feel like you know the basic ones like LOL. Laughing out loud. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> you don't
1: know that? Uh, Max, you no. only
0: live once. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't use that often <laughs> in text messages. <laughs> when someone says going out tonight and you say YOLO.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to start using that. I like that.
0: BTW. By the way. Yeah. TTYL.
1: Talk to you later.
0: I-F-Y-P.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I
0: feel your pain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, what I haven't used this in text one. is messengers. So this
0: one annoys me. I don't know what it is. It's just like a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand when people say T-I-A. T-I-A? Thanks in advance. That's stupid. I would never (laughs) use that in a text message. WTF? What the F? MYOB? Mind your own business? (laughs) Again, one I haven't used in a text message. Oh, this one's important. This one's good. (laughs) P-I-T-R. Parents (laughs) in the room. Like that one is like... Why is that important? Because the kids don't want us to know what they're saying so they'll text you know p i t r t t m talk to me o t w on the way <laughs> okay maybe maybe i know that one d-w-s i should text this one a lot d w s dealing with shit <laughs> <laughs> what about a d i g another day in hell how is that another day in hell? There's a G at the end of that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even make sense. I don't know. I think, I, I think you look that one up because you're right. That does. I mean, it's like
1: someone saying Wait, another day in hell. They can't day. even spell.
0: Maybe I should have made it innate. Maybe it was ADIH. Maybe that was the problem. Ooh, I, think, I wonder I, I what think I did one, I texted like, that.
1: Yeah. Either one. It's like find, find a, another way to be happy.
0: Um, H-T-H. Hope. That helps.
1: And it's so difficult to actually type out, hope that helps. No one has time. To no one has say, HCH. time.
0: How about MMB? Message me back. <laughs> I, SMH. God, I'm afraid to ask. No, just shaking my head. <laughs> I do that one. I think I do. I, I feel like I do more um, emojis. I feel like
1: the emojis, at least you have like a visual representation.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Maybe I should just stick to the acronyms (laughs) for IOT for now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. And then let's look for a new sprinkler app. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening today. Please continue to listen and subscribe. You could always find us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcast, or wherever you find your podcast. You could find us on Instagram at Techie and the Blonde or ask us any questions or suggest topics we should discuss at techyandtheblonde@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And our new and exciting website has launched, techieandtheblonde.com. You can find tons of content pictures, everything discussed on the episodes. Thanks again. <laughs>